This is Positively Farming Media. After a long day of work and family responsibilities, my fave way to unwind and reset is with my flock throwing a grubbly happy hour. The best part about a grubbly happy hour is I can enjoy it in whatever way I want. I can choose to do a leisurely stroll as my feathered friends follow me for more, rage throw them at the sky so I can get over the mess my kids left on the counter, or sometimes I go all out and make my flock their own special Grubly's donuts and sneak myself a treat to eat without anyone whining to ask for some. All I need is a bag of Grubly's and like five minutes to myself. Seriously, I'm a new person after I've had a short Grubly happy hour with my cluckin' BFFs. To get yours, go to grublyfarms.com and use code DRINKINFARM25 for 25% off your first bag of Grubly's. And take the mental stress off your happy hour planning by subscribing to have your Grubly's auto-delivered. You'll save on every shipment. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Ooh, old school. What? <laughs> it's not beer. Oh, okay. It's not. But I just, <laughs> the can sound is nostalgic. It and is. I should say, oh, hey there, Bev, because it'd be rude if I didn't say hi back. That's true. That's true. But yeah, we got a little excited about the can noise there. Is Sam <laughs> drinking in the middle of the day? No, he's not. Although I'd love to. It's been a, it's been a week. <laughs> it has been. It's, yeah, it's been a week. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. It sounds like for the both of us. Yes. <laughs> but we're showing up. We're making it. We're getting an episode out. And it's a special... I mean, I don't want to call it a special Easter episode because it's not really like Easter themed or anything, but it is about it's springish rabbits. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there, you know, mainstream Easter is very much about bunnies and baskets and eggs and chicks. So, you know, while they're cute and adorable for Easter or just the spring season, they're not so cute and adorable when they eat everything in your garden. Yeah, exactly. So today we're going to talk about why rabbits are every gardener's worst nightmare. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So in this episode, we're going to cover things like why you don't want rabbits in your garden, different species, some of them are worse than others. Also things for like uh, how to tell if the rabbit is the perpetrator in your garden mess, ways to prevent them. How do you get rid of them? We're going to talk about that. And then maybe even some fun things that you can plant to make them not so excited about munching on everything in your garden. Yep. Yep. That's right. So basically we cover all the rascally rabbit bases. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) And before we get into today's episode, we'll say cheers to our drink peeps, which is Kayla Wood and Natalie Quist. Kayla Wood is at... Honey Creek Homestead over on the Instagram. And Natalie Quist is at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. 
All right. So, Bev, why would you and maybe other people want to keep rabbits away from your garden? Well, so rabbits cause a lot of damage, especially to young plants. So like this time of year, it's really important because we're kind of starting to put things in the garden where Sam and I live, the more like you know, cold, hardy things. We're not quite into planting summer vegetables yet or anything because we still have some frosts in our horizon. But they also have like just a totally voracious appetite. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, they can eat like everything. (laughs) They're like goats. They're the goats of the rabbit world or the smaller animal world. (laughs) Well, they're like goats, but they're like, but they're like actually like, what people think goats are like. Cause I mean, I don't know about your goats. Like my goats won't actually eat a tin can, but they will like pick up nails and stuff with their mouths. Cause that's how they explore the world. Well, rabbits, like they just like eat everything and they're hungry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They, they uh, are not picky eaters. So they'll eat woody plants, perennials, annuals, vegetables, and berries. So they have a well-rounded diet if they have access to it. Yeah, yeah, they certainly do. And in fact, like the menu of items that rabbits like to eat is so ridiculously long, we couldn't list it all. It's actually shorter to tell you what they won't go for (laughs) than what they'll go for. So we won't like make you sit here and listen to us rattle off plant names for three hours, which I mean, if we were doing the scientific names, that might be kind of fun, but... Not for us, for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another thing that is um, not so nice about rabbits is they have an extremely high reproductive rate and potential. So doing it like rabbits is is an accurate euphemism. So keeping them around for a long time might actually quickly cause a garden infestation because they can produce up to three litters of six babies per year in the North and up to six litters of three babies each per year in the South. Oh my gosh. So typically you'll see the first litter around March in the North year round elsewhere. So the gestation period of a rabbit is about 29 days and that's only about eight days more than it takes for a chicken egg to hatch. Yeah. One. Not very long. (laughs) Um, No. No. So, yeah, we have a lot of rabbits around here. And I can attest to just their math skills are phenomenal. They multiply very well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Like, you think chick and goat math is bad? Wait until you see rabbit math. Like, Mm -hmm. it's insane. (laughs) But, you know, rabbits don't just, like, get to exist without any worries which is great for us. They really want to make sure that they can eat your garden without getting eaten. So they tend to be a little cautious and a little, you know, kind of easy to scare. There's some, you know, there's lots of predators out there that will get them. So that's kind of nice. But unfortunately, they can also squeeze through lots of small, tiny places. So basically, like the smallest square fence is still really difficult to keep them out of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to go with a very small, like, uh, hole size or gauge or whatever to keep them out. Well, and then once they get in there, like, you've given them a safe place to eat. 
too, like because other predators can't get into there. So it's not just fencing that's going to solve your problem. (laughs) So we're going to share some tips for keeping your plants from rabbits. But you know, one thing that I think is really important to keep in mind is that rabbits are a natural part of the environment. So you want to protect the plants that you and the bunnies really love But try not to worry yourself so much about, like, getting the rabbits. Like, you don't need to hang out out there with your 22 to pluck off every rabbit, like, that is in the (laughs) landscape. Totally not necessary. Like, there's, there's lots of ways to live harmoniously with some of them, but you definitely need to keep an eye on it. (laughs) Yes. So there are quite a few different species of rabbits in North America, that may be the perpetrators taking wreaking havoc in your garden. So, of the nine species of North American cottontail rabbits, it's the eastern cottontail that is the most abundant and annoying, which we definitely have a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, and their range is pretty far. Like, they cover a lot of North America. So... If you are having like a rabbit issue, it's very likely that it's this particular rabbit that you are having issues with. And they almost never like hang out in the forest. They tend to be in like brushy fence rows and field edges and brush piles and landscaped backyards. So their ideal environment is basically where you plant your vegetables. (laughs) So... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They definitely love your flowers, your vegetables. They'll go after bark, bulbs, you name it. They're probably going to go after it. And, you know, it's got a pretty cute name. You know, we call bunny, you call rabbits bunny, bunny rabbit, cottontail. Oh, it's so cute. You'll probably want to befriend it because it's so cute. But, you know, these guys are pretty much pain in the butt. So the eastern cottontail tends to be like a gray or a brownish color with a tail that's really short and big ears. It can weigh anywhere from between two to four pounds and be 15 to 19 inches in length and live for 12 to 15 months. Now, if they live around here and they're around my um, barn cats, their lifespan's probably a lot shorter. My barn cats will take down a rabbit and pull it into the barn from wherever they found it and feast together on it. So yeah, that but that what a nice community activity. I know, right? <laughs> but that lifespan's, you know, pretty short, but when you think through what we just said about how often they can reproduce, they can get a lot done in that year, year and a half range. And they do actually make a noise. Its vocal call is almost silent, but it will emit a scream when it's threatened. So that's kind of interesting. I'm not sure that I've heard that. Oh, you've never heard a rabbit scream? I mean, maybe I have. And I just thought it was like, you know, a ghost in the backyard or something making some noise. (laughs) I think it's pretty bad, isn't it? I was going to say when a rabbit screams, it sounds like a woman being attacked. It's like a it's a full like guttural woman scream. The first time I heard it was in the desert because I grew up in the desert. We have coyotes and rabbits and stuff. And you actually like think you need to call 911 and like 
save a person because you think it's a human that just got attacked. So we hear it all the time now. So like, I don't even blink an eye at it, which isn't great probably. So I was trying to think really hard uh, <laughs> when I'm in trouble, like about how I want to call out, because if I just scream, everybody around here is going to think it's a rabbit. But if I like say words oh, and no. come help me, then maybe they'll come. <laughs> yeah. A rabbit scream is like terrifying. <laughs> oh. Which is so funny because they're so dang cute. You know, they got this short little tail. It resembles a cotton ball, which is the cotton tail. That's how it got its name. It's got those long, adorable ears. Also for Eastern cottontails, they love a pile of brush, leaves, or another animal's abandoned burrow to take up their home in. Uh, So that's probably another thing you can think through is do you have a lot of that sort of stuff that they could be hiding in? Because they love it. And unlike their European cousins, these rabbits do not dig intricate burrows or warrens, but make do with what they find. So just keep that in mind if you're anticipating a bunny problem. Piles of wood, big piles of mulch, compost piles. Like, so anything like that, that a rabbit can make its nest into that's not very deep, it will. It will do it because I fi- that's the number one place where I find them in the garden is places where I've stacked up sticks or wood that I'm going to use to border things and piles of mulch that I have waiting for me to spread. And so I'll go to like spread it with the tractor and I'll pick it up and then like a bunny's nest will fall out with like all these baby bunnies. I was like, oh, darn it. <laughs> Something else that I didn't really realize until I read it again. And now I'm like, oh yeah, that's primarily when you see them is what you see rabbits usually in the early morning or even the evening. They kind of hang out in their shelters when there's, you know, broad daylight outside. So they come out around those times of night or, you know, in the morning and the evening. And they're also sensitive to change in day length as spring approaches, kind of like chickens and other poultry. And for rabbits, the longer day signals the start of two things. Breeding season, and spring dining. Yummy. Yum. (laughs) Bad for us. Yum for them. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There is nothing worse than finding broken eggs in the nesting box. To prevent this tragedy, I use Eaton Pet and Pastures premium nesting box pads. Using nesting box pads gives my hardworking hens a soft, safe place to lay, which means I find more eggs intact when I go to collect them. And when it comes time to refresh the nest, cleanup and setup is so fast and easy. When combined with Eaton Pet and Pastures hemp bedding, coop cleanup day is simple. So I'm back to relaxing and watching chicken TV in no time. Make the switch today to Eaton Pet and Pastures premium nesting box pads made for a happy pet, healthy planet, and is a farm choice that aligns with my values. Get 20% off your first order from Eaton Pet and Pasture by going to eatonpetandpasture.com and using code ZEROCLUX20. Sam, how can you identify whether or not it's rabbit damage that you have on your plants? Like what is different about it compared to other damage? So these little critters, they have really good appetites and they're going to leave clean cut damage. So you'll want to check the leaves and stems of your plants to see if they're cleanly cut. 
Insects and other pests usually leave jagged type edges. So a rabbit's um, markings are a little more distinctive. It also often happens at the ground level as rabbits tend to eat the yummy green shoots of tulips and other plants, which I was just out looking at mine this morning. And there's weeds everywhere, but I see them popping out. (laughs) So the bunnies might be able to uh, start feasting here soon. And they're also low mowers, which means that they're going to graze close to the ground and sniff out the first tender young shoots. So it's like your flowers, clover, peas, lettuce, beans, things like that. They have like no chance at all if you have a bunny problem right away in the spring. And many of these plants too are the favorites of other things like woodchucks and groundhogs. So you can check for burrows before you decide that it's actually a rabbit being the problem. We actually have a resident woodchuck. That hangs out around here too. He's a little more obvious though. He's pretty large. <laughs> so, and I think it's only really just him. So if he manages to get something, I'm not so upset. But when it's, you know, a colony or a group of rabbits, I don't know what a group of rabbits is called actually. But, you know, one woodchuck versus like 20 rabbits, that's a different kind of management problem we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, totally for sure. The nice thing, though, is once your plants have passed the seedling stage, you can be a little less worried about how much damage just a couple of rabbits will do. Like Sam mentioned, a bigger group of them. Why didn't I look up what a herd of rabbits is called? I feel like I'm going to have to do that later and we'll do a corrections I'm do corner. It right now. <laughs> so unless you have like a really big group of them, your plants can most likely survive the munching that they'll do on them later. Uh, But if you have a really big problem with them, then like, forget it. It's much tougher. We can do a little corrections corner right now. So a group of rabbits in the wild is most commonly known as a colony. But get this, they can also be called a fluffle. (gasps) A fluffle of rabbits? I like fluffle. I will be using fluffle from now on because I feel like it sounds like a swear word that I'm trying to edit so I'm not swearing in front of my kids. I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, that's such an amazing word. A fluffle. <laughs> See, but the thing is, I think the word fluffle is really um, strategic branding on the rabbit's part because it just makes them sound adorable. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, yep. their PR team must be very strong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the thing you all probably really want to hear, and it's how do you prevent rabbits and their, you know, little issues that they bring with them? So, Bev, what's the best way to keep rabbits out of the garden? Well, so keeping them out, like making it so they can't get to your garden, <laughs> is it's so obvious it hurts. It's It's item number one. But like I mentioned earlier, like... Putting a fence around your garden doesn't exactly solve all your problems because once they get in, then they can munch safely, like if other things can't get in. So like you want the fencing, if you're going to put fencing up for rabbits, it needs to be the right kind that actually keeps them out. Because if the rabbits can squeeze through, but nothing that eat the rabbits can get through, then you've got like an even bigger problem on your hands. The best kind of fencing to keep rabbits out is the like chicken wire 
type of fencing. The holes are small enough that they can't usually squeeze through them. Usually you want it to be at least four feet high because they can like climb and jump when they're feeling very motivated. And you also want to bury it so that it's at least like six inches deep because they will burrow to get under a fence too. So if fence is the way that you're going to go, you need to make sure it's at least four feet tall and buried six inches deep. And also you can kind of like bend your fencing so that like, rolls out kind of like have you ever driven by a jail and you see like the yeah <laughs> like the razor yeah, wire like the razor wire you don't have to put razor wire on it but I mean you, you could. could yeah I mean and it might be warranted depending on how many rabbits you have um, but if you bend the top of the fence so that it's facing out of the garden when the rabbits go to like climb up it they like can't get enough momentum to get over it if they do happen to get enough footing to climb. So that can kind of help you keep them from getting into the garden if a fence is the way that you're going to go. You can also like individually fence things. So you could use chicken wire to make like domes uh, or any types of like little cages, like go over specific plants. So if you have something that you know the rabbits are going for, you can chicken wire off or cage wire off those particular things so that they can't get to them, especially if they're your favorites. Like that feels like... It might be a little easier than full on like Fort Knoxing your whole garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or making it look like you know a state prison. Other things you can think about doing is using some old timey type remedies. I haven't tried any of these, so I don't know if they work or not. But some of the things you can try if you can't turn your garden into Fort Knox is maybe doing things like putting dried blood meal or human hair around the perimeter of your garden. So you can sprinkle dried blood meal on the surface around all your plants as early in the season as you can and repeat after a heavy rain. And But you should also note here, if you have dogs, don't try this method because they might be attracted to the scent and start digging up your garden themselves. So then you don't have a bunny problem, you have a dog problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And one of the things that we used to get to inside the honey and rue boxes were those little pea shots. Those might help keep rabbits away because it like smells like a predator. So that can be really useful. Also, they don't like to go far from their shelter. So like we mentioned earlier, if you keep your garden relatively clean, like at least like not piles of wood or piles of mulch everywhere. It's not likely that they'll build a house near your garden, which could, or a burrow. I don't know. What did we live in? Yeah. Burrows. Well, kind of, I don't know, a nest. They actually make nests around here. They won't make a nest in your garden, which means that you'll be less likely to have them because they'll have to live further away, which is good for you. So if you're already having a problem and you need to get rid of rabbits, you have a few things you can try. One of those things is that, you know, like Bev mentioned, they sniff a lot. So you can try sprinkling different things other than blood meal, especially if you have dogs, like dried sulfur. You can try sprinkling that like around or on your plants because, you know, they don't like that smell. They also dislike the smell of onions, so you could try planting those around, like, the perimeter of your garden to see if that helps deter the furry creatures. And then they, I guess they also don't like t 
talcum powder. So you could try dusting your plants with some of that. That's interesting. So I'm actually trying the onion thing this year. So I'll report back. I don't, I don't typically have a big rabbit problem though. Like I do get some rabbits, but this time of year is usually when it's the worst because my plants are the smallest. And by the time the onions get big, the plants are big. And so if there is damage, like I might not necessarily notice it, but I'll report back and let you know. I I mostly did it for looks because I wanted the perimeter of the of the onion tops because I'm just having fun in my garden this year. So I thought it would be kind of neat if I like did shapes and like... <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. Other things you could try for like deterrent of smell, powdered red pepper, Irish spring soap shavings. You can put like that in little drawstring bags. It is a very strong smell. So, you know, that smells not for everybody, including the rabbits. Yep. So yeah, so those are a couple of smell things you can try out to keep them away. You can also make things that like make your plants taste bad to them. So, like, one of them is a grinding together of three different hot peppers or um, a large onion and, like, a whole bunch of garlic. And if you add water to it and cover and, like, let it sit in a container overnight, you make, like, this really awesome, fermenty, like, disgusting rabbit repellent (laughs) (laughs) concoction. And then you strain all the chunks and stuff out of it, put it in a spray bottle, spray it on your plants. And that could help keep their rabbits away. You do want to be careful with like actually spraying things on your plants though, because that could be a way that introduces new bacteria or if it's like ingredients that end up uh, intensifying the sun, you can accidentally burn your plants or things of that nature. So use that one with a little bit of caution, but it is an option if you're having like a big problem. You can also um, try spraying a mixture of one teaspoon Lysol in a gallon of water. So that's another interesting thing you could try. You can also do kind of like the, like we talked already about like fencing off certain plants, but you could also try something like individual like collars of tin cans or screening so that the plant can reach a less vulnerable size and then you can like take that off of there. So if you want to try that, you can use cylinders of a quarter inch mesh hard wire cloth to keep your rabbits from nibbling on the young fruit and landscape trees. The cylinders should extend higher than the rabbit's reach while the rabbit is standing on the expected depth of snow or just the ground or whatever. And they should stand about one or two inches out from the tree trunk if you you have a tree situation you're trying to... <laughs> to protect (laughs) and then some of the deer techniques related to odor are also said to work against rabbits so you can take deer repellents that contain a mixture of dried bovine blood so that's dry cow blood sulfured eggs and garlic yeah that all sounds like it smells fantastic it sounds like that would keep me out of the garden (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and legend has it that rabbits are actually terrified of their own reflection so oh. you could try littering your garden with mirrors. Interesting. And that, you know, could kind of keep them away. Another idea is to fill like like mason jars with water 
and kind of place those strategically around in your garden beds. Because when the rabbits come up on those, they'll catch a reflection or they'll see something and I think it'll spook them and scare them away. So they don't have ra- they don't have um, mirrors in their nests. So when they come across like something in their peripheral vision, I think it just kind of like spooks them off. <laughs> yeah. You can also try like ready-made reflectors that you might find like at a garden center, but you can also try things like those fake owls. I have one of those. That you can place. Yes, I think we do too. Or it might have fallen down. I don't know. But there are fake snakes you can get too. But then I'm afraid that I would forget that it's a fake snake and then I'd run out of the garden screaming. So I probably won't try that one. There's also like crouching cats. Those things are designed to frighten the bunnies away because, you know, like they're... They're prey animals, so they're going to be scared of things that they think can hurt them. Yeah. So also another no-kill solution for you to try. Yeah. And real cats are always an option, too. Yeah. That's not a no-kill situation, It's not a no-kill situation, no. (laughs) My real cats end up doing, like, a little bit of garden damage, too. So that's the thing is, like, I feel like every solution kind of just introduces a different problem. So you kind of have to decide, like, what's the problem that you want to have, that you're willing to deal with. (laughs) I recommend having a couple pots of catnip in your garden because then the cats will just go play with that instead of trying to munch on maybe some of your other stuff. Bustopher always appreciates that I do that every year, but sometimes they'll just go lay in the pumpkin patch or under the beans too. So yeah, they like, you know take advantage of the garden and I think they think they earn it by protecting it from certain predators too yeah which so they do kind of (laughs) I'll agree with that just as long as they're not taking all my favorite things (laughs) (laughs) you can also do some sort of like trap they have some pre-made traps that are specifically designed for rabbits you can make a trap but one thing that you do want to remember is that a lot of states have laws against trapping and releasing what they consider nuisance animals so It might not be an option for you to trap an animal and then let it go somewhere else that might get you in like some different trouble. So look into your own um, state laws before you look into that. Some people do trap um, and then they will dispose of them however they see fit after that, uh, that happens in a humane way. So that's an option too. All right, so there are some plants that rabbits dislike. And according to bunny experts, rabbits have their preferences based on taste, nutritive value, the presence of poisons or prickles, and ease of availability. So their taste in foods can vary by region and season. So not all plants work for all rabbits. So you want to be tricky and tend plants that rabbits don't find very appetizing. So rabbits actually tend to avoid some of the same plants as deer and Japanese beetles, which is kind of neat and convenient for you. If you'd like to control all those pests, you can check out some lists that are out there on the internet. We'll link in the show notes where we got a lot of this information today. But you can choose plants such as forsythia, lilac bush, zinnias, daffodils, lavender, and snapdragons, which I have all of those in my garden usually at some point. So that's awesome. This could help your rabbit population problem. Uh, It's not a guaranteed solution, though, because sometimes if they're hungry enough, they're going to eat whatever 
but filling your garden with these plants make might make your garden look a little less appetizing than maybe your neighbors. <laughs> totally possible. Totally possible. But yeah. Another thing that's kind of helped in my garden is I have the raised beds. They don't tend to get into the big, taller beds. The shorter beds, they get into a little easier, but the taller the bed, the less likely it is that I end up with rabbits in it. I do have a neighbor that has, like, uh, she has what's called a Garden of Eden bed, so it looks like a big sandbox kind of thing, but it's it's got... Uh, mulch and compost in it that she tops off every year. So it just has like a short lip to step into it. And she typically ends up with really bad rabbit problems. Um, But she also lives closer to like a tree line or like to places where they would make their nests like right on the edge, edge areas. So she probably has more rabbits in her yard to begin with than I do. So it's not necessarily a height thing, but... Yeah, so there are, there's like a really long list. Yeah, we're of, not going to read it all. Um, plants. <laughs> we're not going to read them all. If you're interested, though, you can get that information from the show notes, which is drinkandfarm.com slash 232 or dot com slash 232. So you can check those out. But the, yeah, that wraps up our rabbit episode. Yeah. And we hope any rabbits that visit you uh, during Easter leave presents and don't destroy all of your seedlings. Cause, <laughs> like chocolate. Yeah, like chocolate and yeah. eggs. Because, you know, rabbits and eggs totally go together. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> but before we go, we'll give our Patreon MVPs a shout out. Um, and that is Ashley Davis. Tanya Harold, she sent us a message through through Patreon, and she said, however Sam pronounced my name was the right way to pronounce it. I'm trying to remember. I feel relatively confident that you said Tanya. Okay. So okay. I, I might have to go back and listen to that episode again. If I got it wrong, <laughs> Tanya, tell me and just like send me a message because I'm happy uh, to make it right. That was what I put in my parentheses, like as my little like cheater reminder thing. So... <laughs> also, uh, we need to shout out Ashley Davis, Kimberly Taylor, and DC Teitzel. So cheers to you. Thank you so much for cheers. being our MV peeps. Yeah. So that's it for today's episode. Happy spring. Mm-hmm. Finally, happy Easter. Thank goodness. If you celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. Bye now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.